This is the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Bounty Hunters, we don't need that scum. A UTV Patreon exclusive featuring Star Wars news and discussion beyond the expanded universe. I have never met a Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. And now, it's time to collect those credits. As you will. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bounty Hunt, a Utini Network podcast where we hunt down all the extra content in the Star Wars universe. I'm your host, Eric Eilerson, and joining me on this week's hunt is uh, the full house, the full cast, uh, about 24 hours before we do this for a second time. Starting off, we have the now fully lit, in many ways, Dr. Corey Helton. Hello. Hello, hello. Worked on my lighting a little bit. Doing good, doing good. Recovering from uh, a festive bachelor party weekend for one of my very good friends, John. He's getting married. We had him up to Asheville. I had a good time. I am still not totally recovered. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. I got some new artwork last week. Uh, I ordered it. It should be here soon and get this office slowly put together. I still don't know what I'm going to do with this this electrical panel over here. Like, um, I was going to cover it with like some Star Wars like wall stuff, but like I don't know. It didn't look right, so... You got ideas what I can do with that to make it Star Wars? Let me know. Patreon goal: design Corey's office. Yeah, uh, seriously, it's coming. Uh, but you know who does have their office fully put together, or rather, their whole room, the same as it's always been, because he has changed nothing. Dr. Charles Hankel, what's up, buddy? That's right. I've changed nothing. Feel free to, I don't know, make suggestions for my background. With full transparency, I'm moving in like a month to a month and a half, so you know, <laughs> uh, it won't be long. But yeah, we're here for now. Well, I'm glad you're here. Um, if you if y'all want to see Charles at his best, it's talking about Obi Wan Kenobi, and it's during the NBA Finals in a Slack chat. Uh, great time talking about the majesty of Steph Curry. But of course, Steph Curry's shooting is not nearly as majestical as the mere sitting presence of Wes Jenkins. What's up, dude? What's up, everyone? Um, it's a tad warm in Texas uh, for the past two weeks. I've burned my face. And a little bit on my belly and some on my arms. So um, I've been outside this whole weekend, and I'm super glad to be inside uh, talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi because I have questions and I have critiques, but I do have questions nonetheless that uh, all y'all can probably help me with. Well, perfect. I'll tell you what you need, Wes. You need to go into a back-to-tank on Jabim. And as Wes said, we are here talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 4 this week. If you're new to Bounty Hunt, welcome. This is kind of our more laid-back recap show. We're going to recap the latest episode of Star Wars Television. Full spoilers, by the way, so if you haven't seen it yet, um, I don't believe you. I don't believe you just clicked on this without watching Obi-Wan Kenobi. But if you did, uh, make sure to watch the episode first. We're going to briefly recap it. Then we're going to talk about things we loved about it, questions we have, like Wes said, and all that good stuff. But without further ado, let us jump right into the recap. We open this episode with Obi-Wan himself in a back-to-tank on Jabim. Uh, we have a little back-and-forth vision between Obi-Wan having memories of Vader and Vader in his own back-to-tank suffering. Uh, but Obi-Wan eventually gets out, and we are introduced to the crew of The Path, including Roken, Sully, and Wade, in addition to Tala from last episode. Tala agrees to take Obi-Wan to Fortress Inquisitorious, which gets name-dropped in live action, and it's awesome, uh, to rescue Leia from Reva, who kidnapped her at the end of last episode, and we are on our way. In the fortress, Reva attempts to interrogate Leia, but for some reason, Leia is suspiciously strong and resistant to the Force, 
Hmm, what could it mean? I don't know. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tala bluffs her way through security and gives Ben Kenobi access to the base where he sneaks around long enough to discover what the Empire is hiding in the basement. The frozen bodies of tons of Jedi, including Terra Sinube, our boy. Rest in peace. We love you so much. Back up top on the upper levels, Tala provides a final distraction, which allows Obi-Wan to save Leia from a torture chamber, and they make a break for the exit. That includes lightsaber antics, holding back a literal sea with the Force, and they almost make it all the way back to their ship before Reva catches up to them and calls Tala a traitor. The trio, however, are saved last minute by a couple T-47 speeders that airlift them off the platform on the way back to Jabim, but unfortunately... Wade, who we met earlier, is killed by Reva on his exit. Vader then confronts Reva about her failure in capturing Obi-Wan, but she reveals that she let them go intentionally and placed a tracker that will lead them to the Path Network, a tracker within our precious droid, Lola. All right, so that was episode four of Back in the Day, a Bounty Hunt. We would do a one to 10 rating scale, which we have abolished, because we just want to talk about how much we like these shows. Why do we want to put a number on it? It's, it's not what we do anymore. However, I will go around the horn, guys. And let's just start off with very basic impressions. Charles, I'm going to go to you first, man. We did all three episodes in last week's episode of Bounty Hunt. Obviously, we were massive fans. What did you think about episode four? Uh, I still loved it. I still thought it was incredible. I, I watched it the first time through really early in the morning like I've been doing. And... I loved it. And then I fell a little bit into the Twitter sphere of seeing all these quote unquote hot takes that aren't hot takes. They're just complaining. And I was like, man, did I really enjoy that as much as I, I think I did? And I went back and I rewatched again. And the darndest thing happened, guys. I enjoyed it more <laughs> the second Let's go! time. <laughs> darndest. So, um, yes! I loved it. I, I know we'll, we'll get into uh, details, but man, it felt good to see Kenobi. Uh, just using that saber and and showing a bit more life than he did in episode three. So I was really stoked to see all of that. The way he held back the the ocean, like you mentioned, Eric. I mean, there's just some really, really iconic moments. I loved it. Love that. Yeah, we are definitely going to be touching on his continued kind of growth back into General Kenobi form a little bit later on. Uh, one of our bullet points we want to hit, because you're right, that was so evident here. Him popping up in the darkness, him smacking the lasers all over the place was great. Uh, Corey, how about you, man? Yeah, uh, I I also enjoyed this episode a lot. Um, I, too, unfortunately, get a little sucked into some of that Twitter talk as well. Uh, Charles, it definitely colored the episode a little bit for me, but I haven't seen it again, but I have like gone back. We've, we've talked about it so much. It feels like I have seen right. it <laughs> again. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm definitely much in the, and really enjoyed this episode camp. And, um, I would love to talk about that. I was trying to find it, Eric. Do you remember that, that, that tweet thread that got really viral this week of like, it was a long bunch of tweets about how fans have kind of stopped watching Star Wars just to enjoy. Do you remember who that, you yeah, know who that was? There was a, there was a TikTok been searching creator. for it called uh called soups that had this video about how he didn't like uh obi-wan and how we weren't getting the clone wars stuff we were all the things we were promised and then there's this stitch on tiktok of this guy i forget his name but this inspired a lot of it because he said it is a difference between enjoying storytelling and just wanting cameos and content and a lot yeah. of the, the, the more toxic folks, and we're not talking toxic, like, obviously, the, there's, a, there's a subsect of the toxic Star Wars fandom with this show that don't like 
you know, Reva for some reason. And, like, little Leia having a, a role for some reason. Like, all that kind of stuff is a different sect. But there is definitely a sector of Star Wars fans with this show that are just yeah. cameo heavy that only wanted the show they wanted in their own minds. And it was a really nice breakdown of, like, if you just watch the show for what it is, yeah, there might be critiques on storytelling. That's valid that you can have. Um, but, like we've said from Utini from day one, managing expectations is not only about, you know, is this going to be good or not? It's making sure that you don't write a personally tailored show within your own mind. And then when that doesn't happen on screen, you feel let down by a project. And that seems yeah. to be a lot of the bad faith arguments. So. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that, that so was the huge one. This they week. got they got really big this week, and there was there was one more. It was a long thread of uh, of this uh, of somebody, and they like talked about kind of the way that Star Wars fandom has sort of evolved over the years. And there was one particular tweet in there that really stood out to me, in which she said something like like oh, Star Heather Wars Antos. fans. It was Heather Antos. That's Heather what it was. Antos. Charles, you, you know what? It. I'm gonna I'm gonna find it then. I have yeah, it right here, actually. Oh, dude, read read, read, the, read that one. That the one that the one that I shared with you guys said was reason number four or point number four, and there was a whole bunch of them. But it says fans are no longer consuming media to enjoy it. They're watching to have a reactionary opinion of good or bad. Curiosity and escapism, or even enjoyment, don't seem to be a part of some people's viewing experience anymore, and that's sad. Yeah, that was so, it. That was it. Yeah, that that seriously spoke to me. And that is largely, you know, that's kind of similar in vein to, uh, you know, kind of why we changed the way we do book reviews at Utini is that same thought is like, you know, it was hurting my own personal experience reading books just to determine if I liked them or not. And I felt it was too getting hung up on that. So I don't know. Everybody's got to get that that out of their language, I feel like, a little bit like um, – you know, I had multiple people ask me this past weekend, "What do you think about the Kenobi show? Did do you like the Kenobi show?" I'm like, "That's not the that's not the right question." I think is, I don't know. Don't don't finish every episode with, "Did I like this or did I didn't like it?" You know, that's where I'm at. And yeah. uh, but you know, this particular show, there there were there were like a, a couple small things that sort of took me out of the episode a little bit, which I'm happy to talk about. Which is the first time this has happened. It took four episodes for that to happen. So which is wild. that's <laughs> pretty damn good. So I'm still having an absolute blast. I'm absolutely jacked for for this week, especially. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It's not the question you want to ask. Uh, Wes, did you like this? <laughs> <laughs> I hated this episode, guys. <laughs> I I loved it. It was a great episode. Oh my. Um, I mean, there was there was a couple a uh, couple instances we can talk about that kind of made me think. Hmm, that yeah. it was quintessential Star Wars. There's some things that are uh, they've been put in Star Wars for years and years and years and years, and they and it just like came back up again, much like the tracker. Um, but um, like, there's some other things they put in there that kind of deepened my interest in this episode where I went back and researched some stuff and got back into some of the animation and some of the, um, some of the, the old clone wars. So, Mm -hmm. um, it helped me go back in time, if you will, to a better age when Obi-Wan had armor. So (laughs) I love that dude. Yeah. I mean, I am for me, I'm in the same, I'm in the same boat, man. This really made me think, fondly uh back on those moments not in the way of like direct flashbacks which i'll admit i went into this episode on wednesday morning similarly to a lot of us i got up early and i watched it and i was like this is gonna be the clone wars flashback episode or we're gonna meet quinlan voss on jabeem like this was the first time i actually went in with a couple expectations and then when they left jabeem so quickly i was like oh wait where was my and then i had to stop myself because i was like hold on this is no, this is not. This is not how you watch content. 
It's not assuming what's going to happen and then wondering why they didn't do your predetermined path. And the second I let that go, my gosh, I had such a good time. Yeah. It was a really fun episode. Seeing Fortress Inquisitorious in all its horror was huge. And I and I think, for my part, um, the Riva Leia scenes were my favorite in this episode. I thought yeah. that the dynamic with Moses Ingram and Vivian Blair, who just continues to be a freaking movie star at eight years old, um, like, they're kind of dialogue exchanges and and this and the strength back and forth between the two of them was, was was some of my favorite stuff and also of course like charles said watching obi-wan really get to the point where he's opening up not only to his own past trauma but to the literal force itself and finding his power again and like realizing that in order to save leia he's gotta become general kenobi if you will um was just a total blast um uh, i i like you said, Corey, I, I think one moment where I got taken out, uh, probably on a technical thing, which I know we'll chat about in a little later, but still really loving this show. I, I, I think, again, for my money, I'll say this at the top, this is still probably the best Star Wars show we've gotten for me. I think that just yeah, quality across the board, <clears throat> I'm enjoying it at least the most, and I think it's a great time. Uh, but before we get into some of like the more technical stuff, I want to talk a little conceptual with you guys mm-hmm. to start because we, we saw the path this episode we'd heard about it and then we, we found the base of operations and this is something that's different than the rebellion if you will this is purely for funneling jedi kids to safety and we kind of saw that operation so what do you guys think now of the path as a concept and practically now that we've actually seen what it is i think that's it's super interesting to see pre-rebellion pre-resistance mm-hmm. and you have this group of do-gooders that are like, I see that what is going on here. I'm not like a shill to the Empire, and we need to do something about this. You need to not be silent. You need to, you know, go about forming a group of like-minded people, and we'll see if we can help these people. Because I'm sure that they saw the first thing with actions that they saw from the <clears throat> Empire was somebody going and snatching some child from their parents. Right. And they were like, what the hell is this? This can't be right. And then yeah, you got a whole mass of people who are like, that's right. Get those dirty Jedi, you know? So <laughs> yeah. they they form something. We're in the like the beginning of the formation of the rebellion, which is super cool to see because we only saw there's the rebellion, there's the Empire. Where did the rebellion start? How did it start? Kind of thing. Yeah. And and I love that because cause a lot of that stuff, especially with Tala saying, like, you know, I joined up, but then I realized what it was, and then I worked within it, reminded me a little bit of like a Thane Kyrell kind of thing from Lost Stars, right? It's like the yeah. whole oh, yeah, I thought this was just going to be what I had to do, and then I saw it was wrong, and whereas Thane obviously took a little bit of a, of a different route uh, away from the Empire, seeing a lot of them work within it to create this path and realize that I need to help out uh, to kind of even absolve myself a little bit, mm-hmm. I thought was really powerful, and especially when we hear, um, like, uh, oh, what's his name, Roken talk about, like, his wife, and I'm like, oh, these all pe- will have personal stakes and things like that. Uh, Corey Charles, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, the I think it's interesting, like to the concept in general, to like shuttle Jedi to, you know, to safety. I'm very curious if this is it. If we're gonna get anything else about this, like this, this is very easy to expand upon. Um, I mean, it's cool we got some faces with names. Like we really blew through those scenes. Like so, you know, I, yeah, I don't remember anybody's names. I want to go back and watch it again to catch all that. Um, but it looks Ice like Cube's it's a son. decent size. That's operations. all you need to know. Do what? Ice Cube's son. That's all you Ice need Cube's to know. Son. Son. That's his yep. in-universe yeah. name as well. <laughs> <All right. laughs> little ice cube yeah yeah no. I, I hope we get more of them i honestly my my 
my theory is that we see more of them in a Jedi Survivor in the game. That's where I think yeah. we're going. It's uh, a nice it's a nice way to bring in Jedi, you know, that we're familiar with that makes sense. That's not like shoehorning them into a thing like the it makes sense in universe, which is nice. And I think the yeah. other thing that's nice about it is while people who would join the rebellion would probably be the same kind of people that would be working, you know, on these paths, they are distinct things like yeah. the goal of the yeah. path is not to overthrow the empire the goal of the path is to protect <clears throat> these force sensitive beings understanding that there's an inherent benefit to having these people you know out in the out in the galaxy whether they're jedi or or not you know so yeah that that's really interesting i think they're going to go pretty far with that idea yeah you know and, i, and I like also I also found it really cool that they're like non-combatant right like they're like not yeah military. they're not we're not soldiers yeah. is, is their whole right. thing which is interesting. Yeah. We got to see that play out completely with Way at the end of the episode, right? Like, yeah, like, like they're truly not. I mean, they're always you see that a lot in Star Wars. I feel like people are like, yeah, we're not soldiers, we're not combatants, and then they have to go and be super competent soldiers and combatants. So we see, didn't really see that, right? I mean, they were kind of, yeah, like they didn't really do a great when job. Tala said, "Well, you're soldiers life, now." So. That kind of took me back. Well, back took me forward yeah. to when K two S O was like. Well, you're a rebel now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It is that kind of moment. And, and I think wh why the path especially hits harder for me um, emotionally, I think already than maybe like just the beginnings of the rebellion. Like you're saying, the rebellion knows they're signing up to be soldiers, things like that. But the path, it reminded me of a lot of these smaller organizations in places mm -hmm. that like help refugees out of countries. I mean, like how many, how many places have we heard that are helping like Ukrainians out of the, out of the country in the last few months? Like it is, it's that same thing. Like we're just getting you and your children to another place and you yeah. have to trust that person has your, your best interest in heart. Like you hear about um, like North Korean defectors, like all these countries in our actual world have these underground organizations that are like, you come to us. Some of them are like Haja Estri that are like, if you pay me money, I will get you out. Whereas others are like, we're a humanitarian organization. We will get you out. But there's such inherent risk with all of that because if any of them get found, then obviously there's dire consequences. And I think having Wade, a character that is, yes, introduced very quickly, is like maybe he would have been Will Larkin Ooh, like 10 drop. years, you know, if he would have had time. Yeah. But to <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, squadron, uh, happy anniversary. It's like three years old. Um, in order to have Wade come in so kind of casually and then immediately be lost is like, Okay, no, even if you're a humanitarian smuggling organization, the Empire will destroy you. And I like uh, Andrea's comment. Uh, would love to see comics about it. I think this could make a good comic. Yeah, just have them kind yeah. of pop up here and there would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I love seeing them on Jabim. I love the transitory nature of it. But then, of course, we get to the main set piece. Uh, the giant Lego set itself. <laughs> I don't know if we have a Lego set of it yet, uh, but we will. Uh, Fortress Inquisitorius of Jedi Fallen Order and comic book fame rendered in live action fully. Um, this was uh, wild, and I loved, yeah, this scene you pull up, Wes, of them, like, hearing about it. <laughs> the Mustafar system. Oh, that's Vader's system. <laughs> like, having the weight of this, this structure. Like, what do you guys think about the execution of Fortress Inquisitorious. Do you think that it lived up to what it had to be in order to like house these horribly so. deadly Inquisitors? I think so for sure. I th I think the uh, I will say that like this is a really classic uh, Star Wars trope story, right? Like the good guys they go to a base and they you know break somebody out or they steal something, whatever you know. And mm -hmm. uh, but this every the entire 
plot involving the Fortress Inquisitorius was kind of complex and like had interesting stuff happen. Like there was the whole thing with the water and being underwater and being underground and how Obi-Wan got into it. Like it was just very creative. It wasn't just land the shuttle, you know, hide past, you know, the Assassin's Creed style, the guards, you know, like I'll hide past them walking around in the hangar and then sneaking a door. Like they very well could have done that, but they yeah, didn't. Right. They made it really creative <laughs> with going underwater and then you know, having to deal with underwater yeah. being part of the base. We've never seen anything like and that. And the done mullet before. just flowing <laughs> it's in an the iceberg water now. as he yeah. swam. It was pretty majestic. <laughs> but it was yeah. it was cool to see Obi-Wan in the water like that because I was hardcore yeah. flashing back to him and Qui-Gon swimming, yeah. you know, to the yes. underwater city. With the, with I the mean breath, it was, I know. Yeah, it yeah, was, he has even has the thing again too. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, not the breathalyzer. The breathalyzer. I wonder <laughs> what he can see his hilt. <laughs> he still he has his hilt. My uh, dude is blowing hard. Listen, General Kenobi would blow straight zeros, but old Ben Kenobi, that old hermit, uh, I don't know about him. That's a name I oh, haven't man. heard in many years. Uh, yeah, no, I, I like that the water entrance of it. I will Picture. say though, um, the <laughs> yeah. So him going in, I, I I love the mechanics of it. I love like you know Tala being the person on the inside. I loved her just like, you know, it, it's like Sky Talker said about celebration: yeah. walk with confidence, you can get in most doors. Like I loved her just being like, I am just gonna own this and go through. And then that was a great like, scene. The whole the, her little yeah. <laughs> her little spat with the with the guard was fantastic. Security man. Yeah, I yeah. loved that. I loved that. Yeah, I'm here with classified. Do you know what classified means? It's just like the the empire is constantly brought down by like middle management bureaucracy in every book, everything. Like everyone's so afraid of getting fired that yeah. you can just you notice his insignia. And I, his insi- uh, even, you know, like, he's got three little blue ones. Point. I mean, who yeah, are you? Three blue things. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, he's a child. <laughs> Yeah. You got three little blue ones. Oh man, that's funny, dude. Oh, little baby blue boy, little baby blue boy. Nobody got, got even within the empire knows what they're I called. There's, I know. All right, so I have to, I have to bring up my only criticism of the episode, my only real criticism. Yeah, hit like, this. like as uh, this is the only thing that is that has taken me out of the Kenobi show literally so far at all. Where I was literally like, sla- I like slapped my head. Like this is so stupid. Like, um, um, what is her name again? The uh, Tala, right? Tala? Tala. Yeah. yeah. Tala. Tala. Yeah. Uh, when Tala goes in right after she talks to this guy and he lets him in the door, she goes and sits at a console like with a whole bunch of people around her and just starts loudly talking into a walkie-talkie. Like not even like not even like like whispering or anything. Like everybody can hear everything <laughs> that she's saying. Look how close she is, all these people. It she was so goofy. A bit, but I will admit it's like, listen, I've been really in the zone at work and not paying attention. If though maybe everyone has AirPods, like I I, I mean maybe so. I mean I didn't see anybody <laughs> with headphones on or anything. And then and then immediately after loudly talking and when she gets confronted, she like like kills yeah. the guy or knocks him unconscious or what chokes him out like literally five feet from the console yeah. like pe- with the people you can see her dragging around it's just you can see his body through the the cracks <laughs> and they're like right next to the ca- yeah. I, that totally I took me out i thought it was so you know what? i thought it was I so stupid out. i figured out there, there's actually there's subtext in the second watch if you read it the guy next to her you can tell he's actually been asked to stay late every day that week <laughs> and he's like Really fuming about it. Choking God him forbid. Out. He's like, not yeah. today. She just knew this guy <laughs> wasn't going to get up for a cup out. of coffee <laughs> exactly. so he could stay up for that extra shift, right? He's just going to be glued to his I console know. and not move. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> Justin, yeah, listen, I don't get paid enough. And you know, know. Like, you're in a corporate job, you're like, you know what? Nope. Yeah. I get it. I get it. 
it was funny. But no, I, I, was funny. I'm with you though. Yeah, it it was like the the <clears throat> framing of it was like okay, you could probably see, mm-hmm. which is why I'm glad. Like later on when she gets called out and and you know revealed, <laughs> she's like, all right, I'm just gonna start shooting these guys. Like I'm not gonna mess around yeah. with this anymore. Yeah, and I'm like, yep. yeah, but totally legit. It was it was an interesting framing of that. Uh, it really shows me too how much of Inquisitorius is really just run on fear because there's like a decent amount of security cameras and things, but for the most part. It does seem like everyone just does their job because you know. If yeah, you're like what kind of killed. job is that? Yeah. Well, it was. <laughs> it was interesting. Well, but also, what are what are those folks doing? Because at least prior to this episode, it was more so my impression that like Fortress Inquisitors was like mm-hmm. for the Inquisitors more so yeah. to hang yeah. out at and like do their stuff. But there was a ton of just Imperial officers around and <clears throat> all these folks. So I, I guess it's less of a secret than I thought it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Inquisitors. It, it seems like yeah, they're like the high-level ranking military, and like all the grunts are the folks that are like anytime an Inquisitor has a mission or sends something off, they're like taking care. They're refueling yeah. ships. They're yeah. sending paperwork. They could, they're like the. They could also maybe be involved in the like whatever the Imperial process is for discovering and capturing Jedi, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like that, that, that is probably that a whole thing. Walked in on ten-year-old <laughs> Leia being strapped into a thing with needles in her face and was like. Uh, ma'am, sorry, ma'am, they know, like, they know what's going on. That's a Thursday at the Fortress. Yeah. Uh, ma'am, sorry, you have a phone call. I know you want to torture this child. I completely get it. That's fine. You really just need to come up. Like that was. Ma'am, this is a Wendy's. By that. <laughs> so, so I also speaking of that, right, let's let's talk about the 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 basement, right? Because that was a big thing too. We heard that, okay, Inquisitorious, they had these battle plans, and they saw there was a lot of it submerged. Like, a lot of it, we don't know what happens to the lower levels. And then Obi-Wan goes in, and we see these, like, yellow, like, shielded areas that, that seem to just be holding kind of these bodies in stasis. Again, including, as I said in the recap, Tara Sanube, which, y'all, really affected me way more than I thought. I did not know how attached I was to Sanube. Uh, but I also saw this tweet thread about kind of how he's been involved in quite a lot of stuff as far as, like, Clone Wars goes. He's in the High Republic. Like, he was with Ahsoka. Like, he was one of those mentor guys. Um, what do you guys think about that tomb scene? And are these literally just, like, preserved bodies of Jedi they've killed? Like, that's yeah, that's Yeah, it's, uh, they, it's, you know, they... They land on the dinosaur, right? <laughs> and then the sweat, it like slicks off their back, and then they get stuck in tree sap, and that's what this is, right? Ah, like in Jurassic Park. Right. It's amber. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. This is, uh, this was creepy and gross. I loved it. Uh, and Charles, didn't you, <laughs> didn't you point out that you watched it with subtitles and some troopers were like, were like, I don't like this place. Uh, it gives me the it, creeps or it something. Was, it was when, uh, Obi-Wan's communicator, uh, goes off and they hear it and they start looking for him in the hall. It was yeah. then one of them goes like, "This uh, place gives me the creeps," and the other guy's like, "Yeah, I hope we're not assigned here for long." But like, you can't yeah, really funny. hear it without. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear that at all. Oh, he that, pointed that out. Yeah. That's really funny. But uh, yeah, yeah, this was super creepy. What the hell are they doing yeah. with these Ooh, bodies? I, it's like Stephanie they're just trophies. In the chat. Trophy case. It's yeah. a tomb in a trophy yeah. case. That is yeah. interesting. Sick. And I think and, that's true. Dude, I bet there's a spot somewhere down there with the plaque that says <laughs> no, Obi-Wan man. Kenobi. That's just still empty. <laughs> it's just this empty. is where I'd put my Obi-Wan Kenobi. If, if I had, I had one! one. 
yeah i thought it was really i thought it was really uh disturbing especially they showed mm-hmm. the young padawan too like yeah. towards the end there mm-hmm. and yeah i know i saw the eyes are open yeah, it was, something less, mean, it's something, it was something a little less disturbing for me to see, like, Sanube, but to see the child, a human yeah. child in here, I was like, what the hell is exactly. this? Like, it's dark <laughs> wow, only if it's a human child, Corey, that's kind of messed yeah, that's up. Right. Uh, uh, that's wow. right. Wow. You heard it here first. Corey doesn't like aliens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Justin, that's a great question. Um, like, are they dead, or can they unfreeze them as far as Palpatine's, like, cloning stuff? Is he testing? I mean, that's that's a deep well, but... I but, uh, Wes, like you, you mentioned that y- a lot of the stuff here really led you down to a lot of like researching, like Clone Wars stuff, like other Jedi stuff. Like, what do you think about the further implications of what all these Jedi here kind of mean, and how did that make you feel? Well, so about yeah, I did a little saw, bit of, like, of digging, Wars. and I remember this part of this episode. It's in Rebels in season one. And so Kanan feels that he doesn't have the skills to be able to train Ezra. So he, he looks for Master Luminara. He, he, he hears, a, he hears a, a rumor that she's still alive. And so they go looking for her and he feels her in the force. And he's, oh, they're yeah. trying to find, they go yeah. to, I forgot exactly what like prison planet it was. Um, but they, they went to this uh, place where the Grand Inquisitor was, and they find Luminara, but it's not really Luminara. She's in, she's encased in a tomb. And so one of the big concepts, one of the big things that I've heard uh, through the website, through things on Twitter, is this is a way of, of keeping a force essence or keeping their, their bodies intact and preserved, and they still give off um like their their force ability like a little bit of force they well they still give off Radiation. like their their own characteristic <laughs> of like they, if somebody feels that they're looking for Terrace Nube then they can use part of him and stick him somewhere yeah. and have them go towards Terrace Nube and they use like his his old his his force essence i guess and that's how they can capture him so they're using these old yeah. jedi masters and old jet force the reason, I think the reason they also have the um, the child there is that could have been somebody's Padawan. And if a Jedi is still alive, it, Jedi are being Jedi. They're, they're good. They're going to go looking for their Padawan. That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, dang. So you're telling point. me that it's possible that they bring these people out of this stasis, like in their pod, set them up on a planet, wait for the people to sense them, and then the Jedi hunt themselves by outing yes. them to rescue them. And yes, then isn't it more. weird? That's yeah. horrifying, and I think so we you're got, so right. So did, we did get yeah. Terra Sanube. Wow! Yeah, sure. I don't know. That, was and, that was a good pull with I gotta, Luminara. I gotta, yeah. I gotta do a bad thing, which you're not supposed to do on here, but I'm gonna do it anyways. If you look over here to the right here, who does that look like? Right there to the right. Is, is that a Coleman Kaj guy right there? Coleman Kaj? Holy <laughs> crap, dude. I, Maybe. It looks, it looks just Maybe. like him, yeah. I know. All on the Look top here. Like, oh, there. There's a crazy. lot more than who we saw. Yeah. 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 Look at those people. I don't know. I did there's like how they're like, here. if it's Coleman Kaj and Terrace Nubai are the two that are chosen, they're like, all right, we have to do something. Who are we pretty damn sure we're not using in another story? <laughs> Coleman Kaj? Dude? Yeah, exactly. Sure. I know. All right, I guess. <laughs> I know. They do, they do. They do really. <laughs> they do really have to be careful with these cameos like this. Yeah. Like no kidding, just because. But of that's that, that's that why reason. it's fine to not recognize. Like it's. Yeah. I, I don't want to get into a, a rant about stuff you see on Twitter, but 
saw a bunch of people being like, these are inconsequential folks. Like, what's the point of doing it? It's like, there, there is a point. So like, what? It's so not what? just what about cameos. Every, like, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's a big it was galaxy, impactful man. for Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. You have to think about in universe. That was incredibly yeah. impactful for Obi Wan to see people he likely knew, whether we know them or right. not, that were in this state. Yeah, and and the show is called Obi Wan Kenobi. Right. Like we we get our, everything that happens is in service to the character of <clears> Obi Wan. <throat> like you're saying, Charles, and even if even if he didn't know them. Obi-Wan Kenobi is looking at a child that he did not save because in his mind, again, he is still responsible for not killing Anakin now and and, and letting Vader go, not knowing Palpatine was around. So every death that he sees for Jedi, he bears weight. And I think that seeing that full tomb was so huge. And I think for me, it really helped the story because he's like, okay, I, I couldn't save any of them. There's no way I'm not saving, saving Leia Organa. Like I am finding yeah. her immediately, and I loved him getting getting the distraction, being like, "I am on my way immediately." But of yeah. course, before we get Leia and Obi Wan, I, I want to backtrack just slightly in the episode to the to the Reva and Leia scenes. I already said obviously how much I loved them. What did you guys think about these two playing off each other? Because these, frankly, these are two characters I did not think mm-hmm. we're gonna meet, and I thought it was fascinating yeah. they put them together. You know, talking about uh, like managing expectations and things you want, all that kind of stuff we were talking about earlier, Eric. Like, I was a little bummed that we didn't get like Reva's story this episode. I feel like this yeah, sure. very well could have been the Reva episode. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like in in a lot of ways, like the the content of the episode doesn't feel like it has really pro- pro- like progressed the plot forward, like really at all. Yeah. Like we're kind yeah, of yeah, right like, back I had, where we were. Like, I had, she had a droid. We know that everything was taken uh-huh. from. Yeah. Like we, we dropping little Easter's hints. Um, yeah, glimpses, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, it, like, like this. It's, it would have been. You know, I'm just gonna assume that they're saving it for some other situation. But I did. I did leave the episode like when they should have told us all that. But uh, there was a lot of clues in there, like you said, and maybe that's what we're supposed to do. Is we're supposed to like kind of follow those clues a little bit, and like. Yeah, she said that it was to see had a droid that was taken away from her. That was really interesting. Um, she also really looked like she didn't want to torture Leia. Like. Yeah. yeah. There She's were like, levels to her performance. Yeah. Oh my God. The yeah. moment where she was like, uh, when Leia was like, can I call my father? And she was like, this, this kid, I'm going ki- to hit it. I was like, yeah. oh my God, you were like, the, the, she, she, yeah, she was, she was unhinged. She yeah. was definitely unhinged in regards to like, like being angry and like she wanted to hurt her. But then, like, when she actually was getting ready to pull the trigger, she hesitated. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, she did. Like, so I don't know. That's very interesting. Like that they're showing us those types of details. So yeah, I I loved. I saw this um this thread <laughs> uh, or maybe it was a TikTok. I don't know. Someone on the internet uh made a point that the episode structure is kind of following the saga structure as of right now, with you know episode one uh being like the call to action and and things like that episode two has dayu which is very much like the coruscant chase episode three has anakin and obi-wan fighting again and episode four has been going into an imperial structure to get leia and it was like it's kind of cool watching all those things kind of happen bit by bit by bit by bit and it makes me wonder like leia obviously kind of comes into her own uh withstands imperial torture like all these things that happen in a new hope. And I wonder if the next two episodes with Leia and Obi-Wan both are going to follow kind of like the Luke and Leia respective trajectories in episodes five and six. And like, it might be a coincidence. Totally might be. But as she was kind of, as, as the, the needles were coming in um, when Charlie and I were watching it the second time, she was like, Oh, this is how Leia withstood 
Imperial torture in the fourth one because she's already been in this situation as a kid, and that's why she wasn't so freaked out about it. And I like except that in that time it's mobile, yeah. of a floating torture thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Back in my day, you yeah. couldn't have a torture droid; you need a torture chair. <laughs> uh, uh, and I'll uh, I'll again echo just how fantastic the the little girl actress is. I mean, she's so like, good. She is Leia. It's I so... love her. Yes, she's so, he's so good. good. He's so good, and like she's just nailed the the sassiness, but also the, like the weirdly like the strength and the yeah. tenacity. It's a staring contest. <laughs> yes, like she's a, kind of a badass. She's like a ten year old. Yeah, and which I mean, Darth so many, Leia. Like, like so many levels of emotion. <laughs> we have, but like, <laughs> yo, that lighting's that lighting's wild. But yeah, I mean, you get her like. Tell me how Obi-Wan died. And at that moment, if she thinks that she's alone and Obi-Wan's dead, she still comes up with, like, the plan to try to contact Bale and try to, like, outwit him. She's yeah. constantly hyping up Obi-Wan. She tells him about the window. <laughs> like, she's so on top of so many things. And I think Reva not only gets the Force strength, obviously, when she's trying to infiltrate her mind, but it's uh, kind of like a game-recognizes-game kind of thing, where she's I talking to Leia. She's like, all right, I get you. I see where this is coming from. <laughs> So I really liked them. Uh, but then, of course, let's talk about the man himself. We're, we're, we talked about a lot of parts of the episode, a lot of the areas, a lot of the other characters. Obi-Wan in this scene gets to be the most, I would argue, general Obi-Wan that we've seen thus far. Uh, he gets to be really kind of back in action with the saber. We're, we're, we're bouncing back shots. We're actually doing some kills if we have to. We're holding things with the force. Like, we're, we're doing a lot of things that our prequel Obi-Wan is doing where do you guys think Obi-Wan is on that journey right now? Um, yeah, like this action sequence I particularly loved. Like, what this percentage so of his full power is he at? at oh, yeah. I, it's, I mean, it's low. That's what I appreciate about it. Like, he's like, he's he's like, the muscle memory is there. <laughs> that was badass. That floor is. Oh, I, I know, I know, I know. I was so glad. Uh, the muscle memory is clearly there, but he's also like not, you know, not 100%. It's obvious. Like, this is not, yeah. you know, a, a range of the Sith. Excuse me, Ringe of the Sith that we won, we saw. Like, I love that they were able to get that portrayal in there because it would have been easy to just be like, all right, let's choreograph some really cool, badass fight scenes. But no, it's like they added this extra layer of, like, you know, remember, it's been 10 years and you're not very good. You know, they <laughs> they got that in there and it's, it seems yeah. it's pretty apparent. Yeah. And he closed himself <clears throat> off from the force. I mean, from when they're flying over to the fortress and he's just trying to force pull that little thing on the on the counter it's like oh my gosh like this is this is the guy that that could use that was more one with the force than anyone other than like i don't know Mason Yoda like at, at a certain point and he just could barely pull something and then by the end we get him holding this glass together yeah and, that was cool. i mean shout out to the sound design and Natalie Holt again killing it with the score throughout like hearing the force in the music kind of come back to Obi-Wan as well I thought was really well done because I mean obviously the sound design of using the force is so big because it's just an actor putting their hand out and wiggling their fingers like you got to have a little bit of oomph and I thought she did really well with that yeah 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 I'm, that was good I'm glad you brought up him not being able to move that little what widget whatever it was the thingy mabob when they were flying over the fortress and then juxtaposing that in the same episode with what he was able to do later on because it speaks towards like the emotional weight of this on Obi-Wan because there were no stakes to him moving that little thing in the ship, right? right. But when that desperation right. comes in, when it's like, no, things are like crumbling around me. Like <laughs> if we don't pull this out, we are not going to get Leia. And he was able to reach within himself 
and do something that uh, there are plenty of Jedi, I'm sure, who could not have even done this, even you know, back in the glory day of the Jedi at their strongest. I also want to say that this, I think, looks incredible. And for yes. you know, as many little too. moments that oh, maybe this didn't look oh, as incredible. good as it would have in a movie, whatever. When he makes it, that looks so good. And I love the little moments too, like when he gets out of this hallway. If we make it that far, and you see the troopers floating inside. On the other side of the glass, like little moments like that are just (laughs) so, so good. Like just top notch Star Wars on any size screen. I don't care what what you say. Yeah. This reminds me of um, to plug our friends over at the Cosmic Force. They talk a lot about the the comic, The Rise of Kylo Ren. Yeah. This, God, this shot is is creepy because you also see Obi Wan. (laughs) There's some fish that go by too. <laughs> I'm serious. Well done, ILM. We love all. There's a bigger one out there somewhere, though. Uh-huh. Always is. Oh, I want. I want to call out uh, the Rise of Kylo Ren comic uh, by Charles Soule and Will Sliney, because within that comic, uh, Luke Skywalker, Master Luke Skywalker, at that point, is talking to some Padawans about Ben Solo, and they're like, "He can just access the Force so quickly. Like, why is he so powerful?" And Luke has this great little monologue about how. Anyone can can access the force. It's just opening a door, and Ben's door is just open a little bigger to start. You just have to work a little harder. And I think that visualization of closing the door on the force is so impactful for me with Obi Wan because for ten years he's just held that door completely shut because he doesn't want to be sensed. He doesn't want to be found out. He's just doing that. And after you know, if you don't open a door for ten years, that thing's gonna jam. It's gonna it's gonna fight you you know and i think with throughout these episodes we've seen him trying to gently nudge it if he can but what like you said charles when he sees that leia is in trouble and tala is in trouble and they're not gonna make it he gives it a little more of a forceful tug to open himself up to the force more fully and my hope is my hope is that by the end of this series that door is going to be almost fully open and he's going to be opening himself up fully and he, he's going to find a better way to navigate around it so instead of you know, not being a beacon, we're going to see Master Ben Kenobi kind of fully formed to the way we see him in, in the Twin Suns episode of Rebels to bring Rebels up again. Like Wes said, like that man has himself completely open to the force. He just doesn't use it that often. And I think that's going to be the balance we eventually find with Obi-Wan by the end of this series. Yeah, it's interesting to try to reframe how you go back and watch A New mm-hmm. Hope based on what we've seen in the series, because I mean, you know, the first time that we watched it, of course, we think that's the first time they've seen each other since Mustafar. Now that we've seen all of this, it's like, yeah, Obi-Wan doesn't have this experience and then go back to Tatooine and do nothing to prepare for the future. You know what I mean? Like everyone knows, including Vader, that he's out there and, and they're still actively looking for him. And he knows what happens if he's caught unaware because he's gone through it in this series. So it makes perfect sense that this just prepares him for what eventually comes down the road yeah yeah and, and i think that what like you say one of our favorite things to do at utini is whether it's a book whether it's a show we always love reflecting on how it retroactively changes content i mean i, th- I think our, our go-to example lately has been queen's peril with phantom menace like completely just recontextualizes but i think that this show like, we kept talking, I think, last week. Oh, yeah, last week. We've only done one other show of this. Uh, last week, we talked about how this feels like Revenge of the Sith as far as the vibe goes and the music and the action. But I think you're right. It will far more affect the viewing of A New Hope. Um, and I, and, I, and yeah. I am holding off 
oh, I'm on a rewatch. I know we had some team members that have watched A New Hope since this came mm. out. I am holding off until the end of it because I, I really think after those full six episodes, I'm going to want to watch episode four and really realize, like, <laughs> I'm here with Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi! Like, things like that are yeah. really going to mm. jump out in a really beautiful way. And I think I'm going to see... Y'all, I, I really think it's going to be real easy to see Vivian Lee Blair's eyes in Carrie Fisher in that performance, and it's going to just really add another level of love, if that's even possible, to yeah. Leia from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's that's really what we're trying to get to is like we're trying to cross this bridge between three and four, which is a very dramatic jump just from movie making. Just I mean, literally, right. just simply because the original Star Wars is so old and it took a long time mm-hmm. to you know get to revenge of the sith right so yeah. uh and i've I also you know we had some folks uh i remember seeing some people in our in our slack talking about how the combat still feels like a little clunky or something you know what i mean like like have you seen some of that criticism about like the lightsaber stuff I've but like I, i've seen some of that too and and uh i would spin that and i don't really see it as a as a criticism or a complaint really it, it's really more like i feel like we're bridging the gap between episode three and four, right? Because, you know, the, the famous kind of goofy lightsaber fight between, you know, Obi-Wan and Vader on, on, uh, on the Death Star, it right? it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's, it's not like mm-hmm. lightsabers were in Revenge of the Sith. It is clunky, no. right? So like, it's it heavier, feels, it yeah, yeah, right. And, and I, I, again, I feel like some of that is coming through when we, we've seen like lightsaber combat and stuff in, in this, in this show. So I, I really appreciate it. I think it's fun. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, I think it's fun to sort of reimagine the new, like through the old eyes. Yeah, the creativity and the stories that they have to tell between now and episode four and answer all the questions that they know they're going to get of, you know, how did, like, why did Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan just arrive on Tatooine and not train? Like, well, he actually, he was training kind of thing. Like all those, all that connective tissue between now or episode three and episode four, they're kind of answering questions that they I'm sure that they had a round table or a whiteboard that came up. It's like, let's answer, try to answer all these questions. I know they're going to come up in episode four because of yeah. all the, <laughs> yeah, you know, all the sure. stuff yeah. that already came out 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Yeah. 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 It's hard to tell. It's really creative it's much the way those writers can do that, though. Stories. It's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know what we mm-hmm. forget, too? Like, where is Obi-Wan originally taking Luke right. to in A New Hope? He's going to Alderaan to reunite mm-hmm. him with Leia. Like, yeah. th- he, he knows that is the thing to do. And and, I, and we always forget that because obviously Alderaan's not there and then the whole thing happens. But, like, his first place to go is is back to Bale, back to mm-hmm. Leia, back to, like, okay, let's make the Skywalker twins, like, let's fix the galaxy. Yeah. And I think having the guy that starts this series from, like, oh. I can't help, you have the wrong guy. I can't be who you want me to be to this episode where he's talking to the, the broken and the folks in the path being like, she's 10 years old. This is mm-hmm. your problem. Like he's already completely turned yeah. into like, Nope, we all got to be together. And I think having that already evolve here makes so much sense now to find Ben who is ready at the drop of a hat to be like, all right, today's the day we're going to Alderaan. Let's get Leia. Let's, let's do it. Yep. I, I, I like, yeah. I like that. This is now, bridging that gap already so we see now he's he can more meditatively wait for the next 10 mm-hmm. years as opposed to kind of being afraid you know what I mean? yeah what? yeah totally totally agree with all that yeah the other uh the other small little like a uh, bit of nostalgia that was yeah. really interesting was the return of the snow speeders at the end of the episode yeah, yeah. t47s uh, yeah that was that was a lot of fun what did you guys think about that 
they could have looked slightly better, I think, when they yeah. came in. That's the only piece of visualization that I was like, oh, okay. I, I, like you said, Corey, I've had zero visual complaints yeah, throughout. Yeah, me too. And it took to the last 30 seconds of this episode where I'm like, eh, maybe. Yeah. But again, I There, I there were like... some shots involving, they were, they were obviously using the volume, it looked like. Like, there were some shots yeah. of, like, oh, Reva yeah. up against a really big background. Then it showed mm. the speeder that something looked a little... Mm off yeah perspective like, was a bit off but yeah something was weird about it and i can yeah. get behind that but like i mean i i don't i'm not a huge fan of uh of being really nitpicky about cgi personally no see this no. looks fine i mean this shot yeah, is freaking... fine i think and, and i love how they were like oh these are used for um uh, for hauling waste they're, they're they're used for something i forgot what they said like for for, for hauling waste <laughs> like they're, yeah. they're they're poop ships you got a poop ship you heard it here first like, all right, we can fit Jen here, and there's a poop. That's trip. funny, and, man. You know, and we forget that before Hoth, <laughs> if you read the books, um, like the 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 snow speeders were like retrofitted <clears throat> with with additional <clears throat> coverings to make them snow speeders. Like T forty seven was not originally made for a snowy climate. <clears throat> Well, that's so that's in the film. Kind of that's in, that's in that Empire the Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say we're still trying to adapt them to the cold. It's a it's a whole dialogue piece. Oh, this is badass. So look yeah. at this shot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I Come also. On, this is awesome. Yeah, they did this, this for so a TV show. Like I know, I know. I, I also joked in. Uh, I also joked with you guys that I find it so hilarious that every single time we go to any sort of imperial hangar, <laughs> there are so many people walking around. <laughs> what are they doing? Where are they going? How are so many people walking around? It cracks me up every single time. It's if so funny. If you've ever been at a job and you're like, I don't clock out for three hours. I've finished everything I got to do. I'm just gonna walk back and forth to a couple. Because if you look busy, you do not get another yes, shot. Look how many people are walking in this hangar. Where the hell are they going? I don't. It's so funny well, to me. Like, speaking yeah, speaking of little things that are actually just funny, Obi Wan with on, man. Leia in the giant <laughs> imperial coat, the three stooges, the three stooges. That yeah, it was very funny. slapstick in a way, but at the same time. Trying to get into an R-rated movie. Yes, but like you can make it make sense. You know, maybe he's doing something with the force. Who knows? I mean, but at the same time, who's looking at him? Exactly, and who's looking at him? But like, if you if you really want to like just keep going down rabbit holes, you know, why weren't his shoes squishing after he got out of the water (laughs) walking down the hall? I mean, like, who cares? I know exactly. Just further the story. Like, it's still absolutely absolutely incredible that we are getting this story at all. I'm just so yeah. I, I I feel again I we've already given too much breath to the people that are just blowing hot air on Twitter but like I just I'm so thankful that we're getting this that's like the that's how I yeah, feel every too. time I fire up an episode I'm so thankful I even get to watch this and yeah. I just feel like that's a, a good way to approach and it because I've done nothing agreed. but enjoy this show you know what that reminds yeah, me of Charles totally agreed uh, it's a story from behind the scenes of a new hope it's uh Mark Hamill tells the story. Where they're in the trash compactor, you know, and Luke, his hair's all slicked back. And then eventually when they're running to the Falcon, it's completely dry. Yeah. And it's fine, yeah. right? And uh-huh. Mark Hamill apparently on set brought up, oh, shouldn't my hair be like wet and stuff? And Harrison Ford looked at him and he was like, <laughs> oh, God. it's not that kind of movie. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you know, exactly. like, people are worried yeah. about your hair being wet. We're sunk. Like this point. movie's already gone. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, like it's it's. I, I tell people all the time that that plot holes are part of Star Wars storytelling. Like that yeah. is a, it's almost like an integral part. Like you cannot 
ask too many questions about things <laughs> yes. because it all falls apart immediately if yeah. you do. Like, why is this one ship able to take on this whole other giant <laughs> ship? Because it freaking is. Well, shut the hell yeah. up about it, yeah. right? Because it happened on screen. Yeah. That's why. Also well, want to point this out really fast, too, yeah, uh, before it. you take the shot off, Wes. Uh, he's wearing the same type of officer jacket that uh, uh, what's oh. his name had on from uh, that Beckett had on wow. from Solo. You remember the long, oh, the longer yes. one, yeah, yes. the long trench coat. I thought, I thought that was a great costuming choice. And another thing, absolutely, the Empire jacket that is like on. the New York yeah. Yankees. All of the officers that are male are, have <laughs> shaved faces, if not maybe a mustache, right? And then they have this bearded officer walk through in his Three wow, Stooges outfit. Yes. Shout out to Kyle for pointing that out. Um, but <laughs> so there's your plot hole. But you know, who cares? <laughs> Shut up. He got. They got. They got. They probably no. thought if he can pull off a beard, he's super important. So they're not going to say anything got, about whatever it is got, he's like, smuggling out this shit. Within seconds yeah. of them walking out, so it wasn't somebody was going to eventually notice. Yeah. Well, yeah. Alan makes a great point too. He says, "I feel like the trench coat scene does a great job of showing how not focused on Obi Wan they were." Because like right. fifth brother walking by, because he's only fixated on Reva. This is third sister. Like he is yeah. so laser focused. Why in the world, if you're an Inquisitor? You're an inquisitor. Would you look at the captain walking by next, like walking by you when you're focused on, I'm going to put a lightsaber through third, my professional rival's chest. Right. You know, like there, and that's, I think one of the downfalls of the empire. One of the, one of the biggest things we see in every single show is that they are so focused on their own desires, on their own things that they are blind to things Mm -hmm. like, you know, like the trench run, like it works because they're, they're so focused on destruction that they're not thinking as much about defense. Like, all these failures work because of, you know, the the hubris of this fascist regime. And I think that it, it, again, because in our world, the camera is focused on Obi-Wan. So, of course, we're like, he's right there. What do you mean? How can you not see him? But you were trying to find someone that you know (laughs) what they're wearing at a baseball game. And if you're looking for them, how hard it is to find them. That's such a good point. You know? So it's it's a... yeah, I think all that stuff works and, and, is, and is fun. Because like you said, Reva goes, you know, traitor! Classic Star Wars line. Um, and we get that nice little thing. And then at the end, when the speeders come in and the music ramps up and Obi-Wan's theme, mm-hmm. which we now all know by heart because of Mr. John Williams, is bumping and there's blaster fire and there's they're, they're running for the, like, I mean, it's freaking Star Wars. But that is like yeah. quintessential Star Wars yeah. action sequence running away from a fortress. Yes. And then Vader immediately comes in and is like, that you cool. failed me for the last time. That, like, was, that was badass, too, by the way. They added, they added Purge Troopers, too. Fantastic. The, the, the Purge the Troopers camera. from Jedi Fallen yes. Order. Are, yes. Purge that's tro- what the, uh, the Black Stormtroopers are. Yeah. They're there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. wow. Purge troopers. Like, That's totally I got these true. special stormtroopers that are ready to purge the galaxy of Jedi. <clears throat> it's nuts. Yeah, you know, Deborah Chow did say in interviews that she was like, you know, uh, or, or Obi, or Ewan, <laughs> Obi Wan himself, Ewan said in an interview, like, oh, yeah, Deborah Chow is very meticulous. You know, when something happens in a video game, we have to make sure it's the same in our show. And everyone's yeah. like, oh, there's a connection. I'm like, bro, that's it. Like, they probably looked at the game models for Purge Troopers to make sure they had the right ones. And yeah. Andrea, I completely agree. Vader felt so scary at the end because I it literally felt <clears> like we get the Vader that, you know, just does some chokes here and some threats. <clears> but the way he was moving and the weight of his steps. Oh, for sure. He was, was upset. Like, oh, he was a dad getting ready right to now. ground his yeah. child. Yeah. That's what that was. I know. 
<laughs> yeah, into the into the ground. Into we the all ground. have a childhood memory of our dad walking to our room the same way. <laughs> what did I tell you? Oh what man! Um, you know, I also really appreciate. Look at the shaky cam on this, dude. dude. He's scary, dude. I also appreciate the fact that they put a lot of this underwater because it made it gives a lot uh-huh. of the shots that sort of green lighting overtone, yeah. which is yeah. really yeah. scary and dark. It feels because claustrophobic. Like, yeah, this is an ocean planet, right? This thing's like in the middle of an ocean. Like, can you imagine, like, like Vader just walking into the scary room and like choking her? And it's like a beautiful scenic, like ocean view, like out in this nice blue sky. Like, look at that! This green lighting it makes it evil yeah. and scary and dark. And yeah, I thought for sure he was gonna kill her right yeah. here. Every single planet in the Mustafar system just sucks, is what we've learned. Like, if wherever you yeah. go, it's like water is gonna kill you, fire is gonna kill you. Like, it's all gonna be bad. But of course, we end with you know she she, she re- reprogram Lola while they're chatting too. I gotta imagine she was just like tinkering, and I'm like, all right, well done. Um, mm-hmm. and made her essentially a pseudo probe droid. So we gotta think that next. Ep- I mean, we got two episodes left, which is already crazy. Um, it, I mean, it feels like so much has happened, obviously already. But it's sad to think that we're already two thirds of the way through. We got two episodes left in this. Again, we are managing expectations. We are not. <laughs> projecting what we're gonna need in order to be happy blah 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 but for these this next episode guys i mean where do you think we're going are, are, are we actually bringing the full force of vader the inquisitors everyone to follow this droid like mm. is, is there is there a final showdown like do we get leia back to alderaan like there's a, there's a kind of a, a couple there's more yeah. than a couple loose ends we got to tie up before the end of this yeah, there is. you know next two episodes i think we i think we have to get uh, at least two things I'm thinking of. Uh, I think we got to get Riva's story somehow. I still think she was a Padawan at the Jedi Temple in Order 66. Agreed. I still think that's happening. And we got to get more Hayden. We haven't seen enough of Hayden without a helmet on, right? So I think we have to see more of that in some way. I mean, surely. Surely we're the only shot of Hayden we're not we're going to get was that one split second like vision thing. Surely we're going to get more than that. I think so. So those are the two things that I'll be looking for, I think, in the next few episodes, even if they only take like mm. three minutes or something. I like that. Um, I'm going I'm to steal one from Charles <coughs> West, but I know you're going to say it. Uh, a Qui-Gon meditation. <laughs> I think we're getting Liam Neeson. I know. Yeah. Sorry. I had to. That's all I wanted. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not convinced we're going to get that, but uh, I, Maybe I, not. I, I, think it, I think it would be a great choice to add it in but i'm not totally convinced yeah. we're gonna i get think it. that might be like a last yeah, second maybe thing. the very end like yeah. after the story's yeah. come to a close and he's back on tattooing you like what if yeah. you just heard <laughs> what if you just heard part on say obi-wan and that's all we heard that'd be sick or what if, what if it ends and he goes like huh and then he opens his eyes and then we hear liam neeson say hello there uh, <laughs> 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 or wait no sorry guys i mean force ghost Liam Neeson comes up and he actually has a lightsaber that can actually work. And then it's Ghost Qui Gon and real Obi Wan fighting. And then and then Ghost Darth Bane comes. <laughs> Just like, let you go. Eighties montage. One of the but Stop before, that. before no, we go, go on. Um, so this this shot that they too did many with. <laughs> they have uh, Obi Wan and Leia, and then oh, yeah, they yeah, were just like she's rooms, consoling the you know, her new. Soldier, if you will, a part of the the paths, and then there's uh, Obi Wan. That's this is before Leia grabs his hand, but they were like both consoling each other. I thought that was a really good shot that they did in this video. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it was it was the the sort of uh, layering of of Leia taking Obi Wan's hand, like 
on top of them talking about how this guy just got killed, like really does sort of highlight that Mm -hmm. Leia feels responsible even as a child. And she recognizes that. And like, got me, man. Yeah. And she didn't say anything. Like she didn't say like, this was all my fault. She didn't say anything. She just took everyone's hand. And that's all it took. That was, that was really rich. I love that. To have a 10 year old, like I think all of us who have seen Obi-Wan's trauma for the last 10 years, like have such a hard time reckoning with it and, and what what could we possibly say right like even if as, as adults but watching leia have the emotional maturity as a child to just say i'm just going to take his hand and let him know he's not by himself to let him know that like in that handhold i saw thank you for saving me i saw i know this yeah. is hard and i saw this will soon be over like all of it just just in that simple act of connection and again, I know we're selling broken records, but I think it all goes to the performance of Vivian Lee Blair. I think this kid is just so good at silent cues and acting. Um, I'm just so blown away by her, especially in her scenes with Ewan. Uh, yeah, I, I loved that moment. I'm really glad we, we hit that because that uh, ending it on that quieter moment. One too, of I the one of the other things that I caught, episode. which was really cool, was whenever obi-wan saves leia from the torture chair she immediately says i didn't tell them anything and obi-wan was like i know like he knew that she wasn't going to break and they also threw in kind of the i love you i know kind of deal that we saw in in episode five right i thought that was kind of a similarity it might be a stretch it might be a stretch i don't know people who know leia yeah no man why not no i like that's cool I like oh, cool. She's God. probably so sick of hearing people say, I know, by the time Han says that. She's like, God, not again. She's like, oh, cool. It's like my surrogate dad. Anyway, that's weird. Wait, you're dying. No, hold on. <laughs> yeah, I think one other thing that we haven't said that I, I think might happen, I won't be crushed if it doesn't, is I do think we see one last time. Vader and Obi-Wan at least speaking to each other again. I'm not saying they're going to cross blades again, you know, but I, but I think they will be talking to each other in some capacity i think there's one more conversation even if it's short even if it's just a threat from vader whatever it is i think we see that one more time before we see them yeah, i think again a lot of a people want that for sure um i like it i oh i i i think there's, it's a lot it's a good possibility and i think that you know if, if anything a lot of the live action star wars we got the last two episodes have always been big, right? There's always been, like, the lead-up to every live season ends with a giant battle or a giant emotional climax, whatever it may be. I don't think Obi-Wan's going to be any different. And I I don't think they've been saving mm-hmm. budget at all on these... Uh, this is the thing. Like, they've really been looking really good. But I think that there's no reason they wouldn't be saving a lot of the big shots for last. And if you have a tracker leading you to a planet where Obi-Wan is with princess leia and vader and his inquisitors are massing an army to come there and finish it once and for all like you're gonna go back and we gotta get to tattooing you know we got we we still gotta get him back on planet so yeah star wars knows how to do a finale they've shown that time and time again even if they're earlier episodes in a season that you didn't love or you felt were weaker or filler or whatever word you want to use they always do the finales really well and if we yeah if we look at how strong it's been up to this point, I do. I really think these last two are probably going to be the strongest episodes yet. Ooh. As long as it's longer than 38 minutes. That was yes. whack. <laughs> Go along. Uh, Andrea makes a great point that I forgot about, and this is kind of what I want to end on for this episode. 
Uh, she says, Ben will show Vader that sometimes he's still a superior force user, still the master. Because in A New Hope, remember, Vader says, last time we met, I you were the master. Whoa. Which means that their last meeting here, Obi-Wan still has to prove he's the master in this yeah. series. Yeah. In order for that line that's... to make sense. And, I, and again, I don't think they're breaking canon in that. I don't think that's going to be altered. But he has to somehow prove that he's still the master and i think i think i think i think that's true grand quiz just have to come back still i think the line actually is already kind of broken because i'm pretty sure the line is the last time we met i was but the learner and now i am the master and that's That's already kind of not really true so before we leave but maybe Maybe. Fun. Before we leave, shit about lying, um, lines like that. Tala had <laughs> yeah. said that she had found the paths on in there, and Obi Wan is on Florum. So, if you remember from Clone Wars, Florum is where uh, Honda freaking Onaka yeah. had him and his pirates. Hondo. and here's like a what? If you remember the episode, it, it's like some yellow, yellowish planet ah. where they were all getting, we we're all drinking and having a good time, and here's yeah. Obi Wan and Anakin um, talking to Hondo. So this Florum is that. Pirate, well, not. I don't know if it's the whole planet's a pirate planet, but that's where they were. So that's kind of a a little bit of a Easter egg. Yeah. And then one. That's a good point. And then one more. Oh, cool. One more. Yeah, that's they, a stretch. Could be. Who is the Jedi Master to the right of Obi Wan as he's running? Who is that bald man? <clears throat> on uh, the, the Obi Wan's right, right or the right of Obi Wan's left. It doesn't look uh, like Mace Windu. Are they trying to? Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> but he has a hand. Mace Windu can't oh be in there. He's alive. That's Get right. He can't here. be in there. He's alive. Yeah. <clears throat> if he's, he's here, who's side. running whatever we said? Mace's mechanic shop Listen, down man. in the lower levels. Somebody somebody asked me what do I think about uh, Mace Windu recently, and I realized that I'm yes. officially in the camp that I want Mace Windu to come back. Like, yeah. I am too. And I, I, I like was this not. was it was it was such a meme originally, and I rolled my eyes at it. But now I legitimately want them to do something small and stupid with Mace Windu. Like I don't even care what it is. Just yep. I mean. Like, uh, yeah. uh, Samuel L. Jackson obviously wants to do it, and yeah. like, we're, run- we're running out of time, like, for him to he do it. He does not say to no it. to much, guys. Like, I know. He does a lot of Capital <laughs> One commercials. He's got time for something else. <laughs> What's in your wallet? <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, would absolutely love it. Um, I mean, yeah, overall, this show is still just freaking awesome. I, I'm, I'm so excited for the ne- next two. Like you're saying, we still have a third of it to go, which is a, which is a better way for me to like think of it than we only have two episodes left. We still have a full third of the whole story, uh, yeah. and they've 30%. really proved to do a lot of great stuff. Um, you know, these are gonna be our next two Wednesdays, and then we're on to a break until Andor. So, any uh, any final final thoughts other than uh, Mace Windu <laughs> definitely not being in Fortress of Gustorius uh, before we get out of here, guys? Uh, Charles, what about you? Any final thoughts on episode four? The show rocks. It keeps getting better every week for me. And I think it's going to continue to do that. And uh, say whatever you want on Twitter. I love it. Awesome. Corey? Uh, yeah, I'm having a blast with this. It's super fun. I think this was the first episode that I was really able to objectively find any flaws with. That like I was just like, yeah, these things took me out. Um, but to be four episodes into a six-episode <laughs> show and have the first, like, first criticism is yeah. insane. Like... Not I possible. love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying this uh, a ton. I can't wait for the last two. 
as long as they're longer than 38 minutes. That's like a yes. – I'll die on that hill. Like 38 is – that's too short, man. It's too Stranger short. Stranger things more than that. Give me two-hour episodes. I don't even care. <laughs> well, that might be a bit of a stretch, but still. Right, still. Give me 48 minutes. Um, yeah, exactly. I'd like to see <laughs> the, the growth of Obi-Wan. Like Obi-Wan was the Jedi master, and now he is – he is trying to relearn his his force abilities and seeing that like gradually play out through these episodes is just bringing me more and more and more into the show. So um, part five, I mean, what can he do next? I am so excited to see what happens next. Uh, my biggest prediction last week, oh, we got the Tala Funko. This week, I think Little Leia. I think we're finally getting the Little are. Leia Funko. Of course I'm never going to hope for the Bail Organa one yet. He's not in it enough. Um, no. So excited. I, I can't believe we're getting more of it. I think it sets such a great bar. And from what we've seen of Andor so far, even in the trailer, I think these two shows being back-to-back is setting a new bar for Star Wars show quality. And I'm so beyond excited. Uh, quick plug, if you are watching us live tonight... Thank you. We love you all so much. We hope it's a great way to end your weekend. Tomorrow night, the four of us will be back on the Living Force. We are just going to have a celebration episode about Attack of the Clones. We recently celebrated the 20th anniversary of Episode 2. And because of celebration, we had such a packed month. We didn't get to just properly kick back and talk about what we loved about the old Attack of the Clones. So join us tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern here on YouTube. We're going to be doing the same thing. If you're listening to us on audio podcast, that's great. We're going to be coming out with that this week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. But come on into live chat tomorrow night. Share your favorite Zam Wessel and, uh, and young Boba Fett takes and Padme, all that good stuff. I can't wait. And then a week from tomorrow, we're going to be starting our Star Wars Brotherhood Roundtable to talk even more Obi-Wan. It's Obi-Wan month. It's Obi-Wan <laughs> summer. Get out of here, hot girl summer. It's Obi-Wan oh. summer. Hot Jedi and summer. And with that, it's not better than that, guys. That will do it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Bounty Hunt. Keep your eyes out for our next hunt next week. We'll be diving into episode five of Obi-Wan Kenobi. A special thank you to Brian Dooley, Patrick Ortiz, Earl Pugh, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council. And Elizabeth Cloutier, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson in our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. Go ahead and tell us your thoughts about Obi-Wan Kenobi in our Discord community at utd.com slash Discord. Use those spoiler tags to be polite. And be sure to follow our main show at Living Force Pod and all of us on Twitter for our latest thoughts about all things Star Wars. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at Corey M. Helton. Charles is at C. Hankel. And Wes is at Boss Wes. Until next time. God, two left. Make them longer! You've been listening to the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Yeah? Good. To learn more about other Utini Patreon exclusives, visit utini.com. 